0: On your PC, iPod or smartphone, this is the GirlsPlayFooty.com podcast. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the 10th episode of the GirlsPlayFooty.com podcast for 2016, our 44th podcast overall. Two interviews on today's show. Coming up a little later, we'll be speaking to the 18-year-old Tasmanian woman Elise Gamble, who'll be pulling on the Bulldogs jumper this weekend. But first of all, to... The star of the Sydney Swans versus GWS Giants women's match from uh, just over a month ago Kim Hemingway. Kim, of course, plays for the New York Magpies in the USAFL. Herself and Katie Clatt from Sacramento uh, flew over to Australia to try out at the National uh, Female Talent Search in Sydney in February. They were both selected to play at the SCG in April. Uh, Ten possessions for Katie Clatt that day. Kim Hemingway starred with three goals, one behind, and looks certain to be picked by the New South Wales ACT side to take on South Australia, but surprisingly, was overlooked however she still does have hopes of being picked as one of the 44 players to play in the Hampson Hardeman Cup match between Melbourne and the Bulldogs uh, in September at a venue to be confirmed. I'm very pleased to have on the line now that American in Kim Hemingway. Kim thanks very much for joining us. How are you guys doing? It's great to have you on board, um, particularly a few weeks after you played in that game for the Sydney Swans versus the GWS Giants. Three goals, leading goal kicker. But before we talk about that, let's first of all talk about your Aussie Rules journey. I guess the most important question is, how did you first discover the game?
1: Um, I was in the Navy and we were in Brisbane and... um I had to go to a Lions game for like a PR thing. We, we went with a family um, that had some pretty good seats. Um, so we went with the family and we watched the game and they kind of you know taught us the rules. And after that game, we got to go down uh, to the grounds for a kick and they taught me how to kick on the grounds. And then um, a couple of years later, when I was out of the Navy and living in North Carolina, there was a post online um, on Craigslist that said come out and play footy. And I was like, oh, I'll go out and give that a shot because I kind of knew what it was. I remembered it from being in the Navy. So I went out to training and just kept going.
0: And as you said, um, you found it on Craigslist. How hard is it for Americans to find a place to kick the footy around in the USA? Because obviously here in Australia, I mean, you can walk a few blocks and you'll find a footy club on your corner, no problems. How hard is it to try and find people to catch up with to play the game?
1: Um, I think it depends on where you live. Um, there are quite a few men's teams around the states, and it's growing every year. Um, in terms of finding the space to play, um, that's really dependent on where you live. In North Carolina, there's definitely a lot more grass space than there would be, say, in L.A. Um, in L.A., we have to compete with you know all the soccer players and you know the baseball leagues and all of that. So sometimes it's pretty hard to find a ground that's big enough to play because we have to run out – you know two or three soccer fields there sometimes will include the outfield of a baseball field in our oval so um it really depends um it's it's i think if you're new to the sport and you've never heard of it and you happen to have a team in your area then that makes it a lot easier but i do know a lot of people that have to travel a couple hours each way just to get to a training because that's the closest team
0: now believe you you play for the new york magpies but you're not based in new york
1: No, uh, I was playing for the North Carolina men's team and we went to a tournament um, where the New York men's team was playing and a couple of the women were actually there. They were there to watch the game and do some training and they saw me play in the men's game and then approached me afterwards and asked if I would play with them um, at nationals and I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it because, you know, there's obviously no women's team anywhere near where I was. So I played with them for, I think... three three or four years, and then when I moved to L.A., it's kind of the same situation. There's a men's team but no women's team. And at that point, um, you know, I was locked in with, you know, the New York Magpies in terms of, you know, socially, you know, a lot of my friends are on the team now, so
2: I just stuck with them. And so now I just travel for tournaments.
0: And indeed, like you played in a recent tournament uh, in Montreal, when a few of the uh, Northeast uh, teams uh, went up to play a couple of the Canadian sides. I mean, for you and obviously the, those others who, who play in the New York Magpie side. I mean, what's the typical cost like to be able to travel from one side of America to another to take part in these tournaments? <laughs> I think I, I think I
1: have a little bit more cost than most of the players here have. Um, in terms of New York traveling to Montreal, the cost goes with, you know, splitting hotel rooms and, you know, we take a big team van and, you know, an, an extra car or two to drive up through New York and get into Canada. Um, so that that cost gets split between however many players go, so that's pretty cheap. Um you know, for Nationals, everybody has to fly to wherever Nationals is this year. It's in Sarasota, Florida, so everybody's going to be buying plane tickets to Florida, so that's, you know, a few hundred bucks, and then there's the hotel, um, you know, everything that goes along with just, like, staying there for the weekend. Uh, for me, every time I fly to New York, it's, you know, around 400 bucks for the, for the plane ticket, but I usually stay with um, one of the girls on the team, Drea, so uh, I at least have a free place to stay. Um, but we do things every year to try to um, cut costs for people. Last year, San Francisco flew to New York, and we did the East Coast, the East Coast West Coast showdown. And this year, New York is going to fly to San Francisco. So, um, at least for one of the tournaments, all I have to do is just drive up the coast. Um, so that'll be cheaper for me. Same amount of time in terms of flying, you know, that New York is going to do, but cheaper. So.
0: And we'll talk about costs, et cetera, for IC17 in a moment, but let's let's flash forward to the more <laughs> recent future. Um, uh, Katie Clatt, of course, announced that she was going to come over in February to do the trial for the uh, national talent search. And when did you make up the mind to say, that's it, I'm in too, I want to have a go?
1: Um, I think I decided three weeks before the talent search, maybe a month. I know it was in January, but I don't remember how late it was. <laughs> It was pretty pretty soon. I remember as soon as I decided I was going to go, I was like, oh, man, I don't
0: really have enough time to get ready. And But you managed to make it in time, and, of course, it was a success. You and Katie were uh, chosen for the respective sides, and, of course, again, you had to find more funds and find more time to fly out to Australia. But what was it like? What was going through your head Thursday? I think it was Thursday night? Wednesday or Thursday night, you landed in Sydney, and you are being allocated to a team and you were getting ready to train with and be a part of the Sydney Swans.
1: Um, actually, I landed Thursday morning at like 10 and then Thursday night I had training. So <laughs> I basically landed, went to my hotel, um, you know, ate some food and then, you know, all of a sudden it was pretty much time to go down to... a. Uh, go down to the SCG and, you know, meet up with uh, the staff there so they could take us to training. So I was still, I was definitely jet-lagged at the Thursday training. I could feel it when we were running around and kicking and stuff. I kind of wanted to apologize to them because I was like, oh, man, they just see this, like, American girl that's not doing anything, and I want to explain that I'm, like, crazy jet-lagged right now, but I just stuck it out. (laughs)
0: Well, you stuck it out, okay, because you were fresh when it came to match day, and uh, ended up kicking three goals. Can you remember everything clearly being out there on the SCG, or does everything seem like a blur?
1: Um, no, I remember it. Um, I think I remember. Uh, <laughs> I think I remember the mistakes I made more than the good things I did, but that's pretty, pretty typical for how I play. No, I remember. Um, you know, running out onto the field and. You know, my first thought was like, oh, wow, the grass is really nice because we don't really have grass that nice for the um, the fields over here because the grass isn't really made for bouncing a ball over here. So um, when I bounced the ball and it actually did what I wanted it to do, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. <laughs>
0: And, of course, you kick three goals, one for the day. Um, how does it feel like after the game when you start to get on social media and you start to see things like Twitter and, and like Brian Barish from the US AFL puts out the, the fact that before Mason Cox passed it a, a week or so ago, you are the leading uh, goal, American goal kicker in an AFL-sanctioned game?
1: Yeah, I didn't even know that I was the leading goal kicker until I was actually doing um, an interview with the AFL after the game. um, Somebody called me out of the locker room, and uh, she was interviewing me, and she was like, oh, you know, how does it feel to be the leading goal kicker? And I was like, what? I (laughs) was? Okay. So, like, I didn't even realize it at that point. Um, So at that – and then I was, you know, kind of shocked, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool.
2: You
0: know, I'm
1: glad I um, made some sort of impact because, you know, I don't usually play feeling like I have something to prove, but I felt like this time I did just because nobody in Australia knew who I was, so.
0: And for you personally, is full forward a natural position to you? I mean, what role do they normally have you playing when you do play for the Magpies?
1: Um, I I rotate a lot. I usually play centre-half forward or forward flank. Um, Lately, I've been rucking a little bit more just because I just happen to be the tallest person on the team. Um, But it's definitely a modified rucking position where, you know, I'll take the center taps and everything, but then I'm just automatically running forward and, you know, looking for goal and stuff like that. So uh, I know for the freedom, I usually play a forward flank um, and then I rotate
2: into center half forward.
0: And, of course, as we said, a standout performance uh, for the Sydney Swans. Uh, some of the better players in the Swans and GWS Giants were being picked for the New South Wales ACT side to play South Australia this week. Unfortunately, you didn't make the cut. Um, did do they speak to you at all after the game about things to improve on? Um, uh, when you didn't make the cut, was there any phone calls to say, well, not this time, but there are things you can do, maybe perhaps for next time? Um, no, actually, I
1: didn't really get... Um you know some of the feedback I got was that uh they want to see me play more midfield um or that maybe height wise they don't think I'm tall enough to be playing where I was playing during the game um but in terms of um you know why I didn't get picked, um no, I never really I was never really told you know by the coaches from the game why I didn't get picked. It was just kind of like, no, you didn't get picked, sorry, and that was it.
0: Yeah, unfortunately a bit harsh. I wish they could do a little bit more so obviously they can help yourself and other Americans, Canadians, uh, English, etc., to get across and, and play our game. But for you, as you said, you're focused forward now. You've got, um, um hopefully, again, you might get picked up in the draft. If not, you've got International Cup 17 to uh, look forward to in Melbourne in August next year. Uh, what kind of effort goes into that, uh, putting the whole Freedom team together, everyone preparing as a team? and obviously fundraising to be able to take part in the tournament next year.
1: Yeah, a lot goes into it. We start... um, This August, we'll have our training camp and our tryouts. Um, So we'll do that in Wisconsin. And then in October, at Nationals, they'll announce who made the Freedom and who made the Liberty, which is our um, development team. And from there, we'll just, you know, start fundraising, um, trying to get sponsors, sponsors, and a lot, of, a lot of the pressure for getting everything together is actually on our team manager, uh, Jess, who plays for Minnesota. Um, she, she coordinates everything. You know, she sends out the surveys and you know, makes sure that we're getting everything done when we need to. I know for the 2014 International Cup, we basically had to pay you know, a couple hundred bucks out of our own pocket every month for about six months. Um, and then we were all on our own to buy a plane ticket, and we just had a deadline that we had to um, buy it by. And then um, after that, we, you know, we go, and then once everything has been paid for, all the costs have been done, um, we get reimbursed in case we overpaid. So we usually just pay everything out of pocket and then go from there. So it's really, it, you know, Unfortunately, it's mainly, you know, who can afford to go and who can afford to take a month off of work and all of that to get out there. But um, as time goes on, you know, we get more sponsors, more people hear about us. So hopefully this year um, fundraising will be a little bit easier. Maybe we'll be able to get some corporate sponsors and stuff like that to help us make the trip.
0: So, so how much roughly were the girls paying, I guess, for the last tournament? Because as we said, it was not only AirFest, you were looking at something like a three-week stay when you were out here.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we get, um, I think we're going to end up getting there earlier this year, too, just because last time we, I think we landed like a day or two before the tournament started. So we were still, you know, jet lagged and not fresh for the the first game. Um, So I want to say this time, we're going to get there a little bit early. So it is going to end up being a three week, three and a half week trip. So that's, that's, Kind of part of it, people have to be able to take vacation from work or school or, you know, whatever they're doing in order to be able to go.
0: And, of course, we noticed that uh, uh, your American, uh, in Katie Clatt, fellow American uh, who played for the GWS Giants, she's got her visa and she says she's coming out sometime in July. I know you're trying to uh, get out here. You said, will anyone hire you or sponsor a visa? Here's your, chance for, here's your chance for a little sales pitch. What skills do you have if someone is trying to look and hire Kim Hemingway and get her out to Australia?
1: I mean, clearly, uh, if I'm passionate about something, I'm dedicated to it. So uh, I'm reliable on that front. Um, I don't know. You know, at this point with the visa thing and, you know, going back and forth there, I almost think at this point it's better to, uh, you know, do what I can over here um, to hopefully get drafted or, you know, get picked for the September game that's coming up or something like that. And then, you know, go over there for the season for next year, um, you know, luckily I have a job that's very flexible. I pick my own shifts. I pick how much time I take off. I don't really do get vacation days. I just kind of say, "Hey, I'm not going to work." So um, I have a job here that supports what I do, and they support me taking time off if I need to. So I think that's what I'm focusing on right now is trying to figure out what I can do from America to prove that you know I should be at least a consideration for next year. So. Um, and I think that's kind of how it should be. I don't think that um, people should necessarily have to drop everything and, you know, move their entire lives across the world um, to play a sport. I think once you're drafted and then you're going to play over there, yeah, I get that. But I think that, you know, as time goes on, the AFL will see that there are plenty of athletes and plenty of great footy players outside of Australia um, and they should be considered based on, like, how high the level is getting overseas instead of just in Australia, so.
0: Indeed. And and before we let you go, I mean, from your own personal experience, you've seen what the standard's like now playing in that SCG game. For some of the American players that you've Mm. played with, um, uh, not only against in the respective local competitions, but also with the Freedom as well, um, who are some of the other players you think probably could make that grade?
1: Um. I think that I think that we have a couple of players. Um, you know, I think maybe Hallie from Denver, she's a really tall rock. I think she'd be she'd be she'd be good in terms of, you know, the rocking position. Um there's quite a few girls. Uh we had a girl that played in the international cup in twenty fourteen but then she had to take a break for her job. Alexa, she she was a gun, you know, right from the start. So uh I think there are quite a few girls over here that could potentially make the cut. It's just a matter of, you know, would they have the time and, you know, because it, it's definitely a lot of time and dedication. And in terms of the AFL, you get a lot of short notice. So, you know, the, when I decided to go to Sydney for the combine, that was short notice. And then going to the SEG, that was also short notice. So I think part of it, You know, it's dependent on all of that. Um, I think it would be a good idea to have, you know, a combine here like they do for the men. Um, I went to the men's combine that was in L.A. a few weeks ago, and that was really interesting to see, um, you know, how much time and effort they put into developing the men's game and recruiting players from overseas. So I would like to see that happen for the women as well.
0: And let's hope they do expand that to include the women because we said not only in the uh, U.S., but obviously in Canada, uh, over in England, Ireland, and throughout Europe, there's some talented players who so certainly uh, would be worth a shot. Uh, Kim, thank you very much for joining us here on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. We wish you uh, all the very best with the East-West Challenge coming up, uh, the Nationals in October, and of course uh, next year for the International Cup 2017.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much
0: for having me. And we wish Kim all the very best, of course. Uh, don't forget the US AFL Nationals are also coming up in October and she's sure to feature in that, with that to be played in Sarasota, Florida. And who knows, she still might be picked up in the draft in November to play in the 2017 AFL National Women's League. Moving on to our second guest now, the 18-year-old rock woman for Tasmania, Elise Gamble. Now, Elise was a 2015 All-Australian at the Youth Girls level. Uh, This year, she captained the Youth Girls Tasmanian team. It was the first time Tasmania fielded their own standalone side. In the past, they'd either be forming a partnership with Northern Territory or or giving players to big country, so it was a great honour for her. And she also played at senior women's level for Tasmania against the Northern Territory uh, just over a month ago. And it's great to have her on the line as uh, she is now being picked as part of the Western Bulldogs team. Elise Thanks very much for joining us.
2: No worries.
0: Great to have you online and uh, what a fantastic last 12 months of footy you've been having. Let's just quickly flash back to uh, May last year, uh, being announced All Australian at the Youth Girls Carnival. Yeah, no, that was a really
2: great feeling. Um, Yeah, it was just really overwhelming. I was so happy um, to be named in that. I really wasn't expecting it. Um, But yeah, like all the hard work had paid off, I guess, and that was a really great thing to finish off
0: the carnival last year. Of course, this year you had state honours at seniors and youth girls level, but let's talk about the lead-up to those games. How have you felt for, for this year, the first time, having this academy set-up and, you know, the professional training leading into these games? Yeah, no, it's
2: been awesome that, um, yeah, so we've had the, had the first academy in Tasmania set-up this year, and, um, yeah, it's been really great to, for the lead-up for them and um, just, and like the fitness stuff that we've been doing and just identifying talent and that it just makes me feel like a whole um a lot more prepared for the carnivals and getting to train with um the best players in tasmania and that um on a weekly basis and that, that so that's just been really great and um yeah
0: and we're interested to know as well, uh, when you're not at training, what type of homework do they set you for when they want you to do, you know, training by yourself? Are they sending you uh, how long they want you to run for or lifting weights, etc.? cetera? What, what type of homework do they give you?
2: Yeah, so every individual has um, areas of their games that they want to improve and stuff. So for myself, I've really been working hard on um improving my fitness space. So, yeah, um, I've asked for um, extra help with that and all that. So, yeah, they give us... um training programs and that um, if we seek that and yeah so we um, work on our skills and that out of training and um, and yeah really work on those areas that we want to
0: improve to improve our game How nervous was it going in for that senior women's game against the Northern Territory which and unfortunately for you the Territorians got the chocolates at the end of the day yeah. but I, I guess a lot of pride in the life for Tasmania because everyone wanted to forget yeah. what happened last year against Queensland
2: Yeah no definitely this year um we definitely put on a good show I think. Um definitely improvement from last year. Um, yeah, we were really nervous going into it but um we like I'm the girls are really happy with how we went and I'm really happy with how we went. Like although we didn't get the win and um wasn't the outcome that we were hoping for, it was a little bit disappointing, but in the end I still think that it was a win for um Tazi. We definitely got to show what talent we have down here and put on a good showcase of footy that um we have down here that, and just identified all the talent so yeah we had a lot of new players in the team and um as well as some experienced girls so it's really good to show what new talent is we've got and just coming through so and a lot of young girls as well so we had um oh I don't know like I think it was eight girls that played in yeah I think it was about eight um girls that played in the senior state game that also came away to youth girls so yeah really useful team so Definitely, we've got some up-and-coming talent
0: in Tassie. And according to Lee Elder, I believe you played at centre-half forward for that game. They were looking to add some more strings to your bow and what you can do out there in the field?
2: Yeah, yeah. So that was um, really great. It was definitely a challenge for me. I've always been um, a ruckman. So um, for my few years I've been playing footy, I've always played ruck, really. Rotated in a few other positions, but predominantly ruck. And um, yeah, this year's the first year that I've sort of swapped that up a bit and yeah, I've been playing most of my footy so far this year at centre-half forward, which has been um, definitely, at the beginning, it was definitely a challenge, um, trying to learn that and pick up all the stuff about it, but um, no, it's been awesome, and to play that position at the state game was just awesome, it was uh, um, really good to um, improve my skills and stuff, so yeah.
0: And, of course, you came back to Victoria just a few weeks later to play in the uh, Youth Girls National Championships. I guess a few questions on that. The first is, how was important f- for you as a Tasmanian to be able to be playing as part of your own side, not like the Thunder Devils in the past, that you're a full Tasmanian team? Yeah, no, it was, it was so good doing away this year um, as a full Tasmanian
2: side. So we got to take the double amount of girls that we um, have in the, previous couple of years combining with the Northern Territory so yeah like it's definitely a development phase down here in Tasmania at the moment um and it's just great to be able to take a full team away and give those girls um a bit of a taste of what footing's like at that level and um give them some exposure and um definitely build their skills and and that for the next few years and and yeah
0: And, of course, it's a big occasion for the top age players who are playing at the Youth Girls' Carnival because there's a chance that you'll be drafted for 2017 to play in the first AFL women's competition. Um, Does that get talked amongst the players when you're at the carnival? Is there, you know, the quiet whispers of, is that a recruiter standing over there? Are they watching? Are they paying attention? Yeah, no, definitely
2: it does. Um, It certainly puts a little bit extra pressure on you and um, and that is... That's your goal. So, yeah, for a lot of the girls at the Youth Girls Carnival, that's our goal is to um, make that draft and play footy professionally um, next year in 2017 or the coming year. So it definitely put a little bit of extra pressure. It was always in the back of my mind, and I'm sure other girls' mind playing the games, that you really wanted to, um, um, yes, like play the best brand of footy you can and um, hopefully make the selectors see you and stand out. So,
0: yeah and indeed you did you were picked up by the western bulldogs uh when did you get the call i believe it would have been from craig starsevich when did you get the call from the bulldogs to say you're part of the squad yeah well um i first got an email so that's
2: how i found out originally and yeah i was just so happy i just i couldn't i don't think i could say anything apart from oh my god for a few few hours i reckon a few of my friends could tell you that i just was lost for words and no um, i'm definitely over the moon it's, i've been working to um get something like this for a while so and i didn't think it was going to happen this soon and i really didn't expect it so to get that information was just awesome i just yeah am incredibly happy and super um pri- like i just feel super f- privileged to be given this opportunity at such a young age as well and um i just can't wait to get over there and be amongst it all and um Yeah, so I got the email when I was at work and I got a message from Emma, um, someone who has met me that's that's in the team, and I just got a message from her saying, Alice, check your emails, and I was just like, oh God, what is this? And I just read the subject, like Western Bulldog selection, I just didn't even read the email, and as soon as I read that, I was just like, oh wow, is this this happening? Is this supposed to be said to me? So um, no, it's definitely a great feeling and I just can't wait to be part of it all, and Yeah, so go in a couple of days, which is really
0: exciting. And how does it feel to be going over there alongside your Bernie Dockers teammate in Emma Humphreys, who of course had the experience last year?
2: Yeah, no, it's super awesome. So I'm so stoked to be going through this with her for the first time. So yeah, like you said, she's not only a teammate at the Bernie Dockers, but it's so awesome that she, um, yeah, so we're friends and we both live in the same town in Tasmania and yeah know, both come from Burnie so it's that's that's a pretty big thing definitely so um, yeah I'm just so excited to be going through it with her. Um, I'll definitely be nervous from that and I think having her by my side will definitely calm my nerves down a bit and be able to talk to her a bit more and um, yeah she'll definitely calm me down and yeah it's just good to be going through this with someone that I've played most of my football with so yeah.
0: And have they outlined the itinerary uh, so far for the week wh- when they expect you to fly over in a couple of the training days leading up?
2: Yeah, a little bit. So I fly over um, Friday afternoon. So we have a training session that night, and I think there might be a few guest speakers or something. So I'm not fully sure of the plan, but um, yeah, so I fly over Friday, and there's a training session in that Friday night, and I'm guessing some team bonding stuff, and then not sure what the plan is for Saturday yet and then obviously the
0: game and stuff on Sunday Of course we live in this new age of women's footy um, uh, for senior women's and, and youth girls as well where a lot of the games are now being filmed, uh, the youth girls carnival, the state games and the yeah. exhibition games because of that uh, have you sat back and, and watched uh, for example uh, uh, the WA girls played uh, with the West Coast Frio Derby game, have you had a chance to sit back have a look and assess some of those players you could be up against?
2: Yeah, definitely. I um, I watch all the games. I don't really miss very many of them. So um, yeah, I like to sit back and watch um all the talent and the the level of competitiveness. And um, can't say that word. And um, and yeah, so I've been watching them, and I've yeah, I've watched a couple of WA games recently, and been um watching to see who could be my match up, and definitely makes me a bit more nervous. Um. Watching their skills and that of the girls, but hopefully I'm, um, I'm just hoping I can put my best foot forward and try my best and make Tassie proud, so yeah, um, yeah, I've been watching them all and it's just outstanding that we're, fi- like, finally getting all this great recognition and the broadcasts of them, it's just amazing and it's just, it's, yeah, it's amazing how um, much female footy is growing and where it's leading to it, it's really exciting, so yeah.
0: And when you think about it, it's a star-studded uh, game that you're playing in. As I said, you know, if you end up playing in the ruck, you could be up against the likes of uh, Emmett King, yeah. who's been outstanding the last couple of games. And if you happen yeah. and if you happen to wander down the forward line, you happen to have the company along the likes of Katie Brennan, Darcy Vessio, yeah. Moana Hope. Yeah, I know there's some really big names there in the forward line. So, um, yeah, like if I get to play
2: alongside them in the forward line, that would just be amazing. Um, yeah, like I mean, they've always been the players that I've looked up to and aspired to be like. So to be pulling on the jumper and playing alongside them is just a really great feeling. Like I don't even think it's sunk in yet that I could be lining up with them on the field. So it's um it's definitely really awesome and um and yeah, but the thinking of those names that I could also be playing against is also really nerve wracking, but um I'll definitely make the most of the opportunities. Um, to improve and
0: I'm really looking forward to the tough contest but um, it'll be really great. And before we let you go, the um, TWL is eight teams this year and, and of course we knew that before the season there was the National Female Talent Search and there were new players being introduced. Uh, how have you found the standard of the competition this year? Has it gone up another notch? Oh
2: definitely, yeah. So our competition um, yeah, is eight teams like you said this year and it's a really strong competition. Um, just the development here in Tassie is just growing so much each year and through these academies and talent searches and that we've really picked up a lot of of new young talent and that that we've identified and sort of poached from other sports and that so the talent's definitely um, risen this year and it's the best thing for Tassie um, getting to play a lot more competitive games each week and um, getting to improve so yeah no that's really good and Yeah, there's so much young talent. Like, I mean, for youth girls, half our team were um, girls that were playing their second, third, fourth game. So, yeah, to go away to that carnival and be so competitive uh, with girls that had just started playing football was awesome. So um, with these girls playing all these games in the TWL seasons, um, they're just going to grow leaps and bounds. And I can't wait to see how competitive competitive they are next year at the national level.
0: And one thing I actually should ask uh, before you go, since I, I think of it, um, it's common, particularly for young uh, males in Tasmania, a, a lot of them do uh, leave uh, Tassie to go to Victoria, for example, to do university, yeah. and and how it is in the male game, uh, they can play suburban football and earn good money. Obviously, everyone plays for nothing in the women's game. Uh, for you, how do you see that going forward? Uh, are you staying put and working in Tasmania, which, of course, will be aligned with GWS, or, or do you see the temptation to do uni or work in Victoria where obviously there's four teams that you could be drafted to.
2: Yeah, no, that's a tough one. Um, I haven't fully decided what um, what like my plans are for next year. Like, I'm hoping to get in the draft and play footy, so that's my goal and that would be amazing. So, um, yeah, I'm not fully sure. This year, it's my first year out of college, so I'm ha- just working here in housing and stuff, having sort of a gap year, but I've definitely been thinking of making the move next year and um, I want to go to university. So I think that, um, yeah, I might make the move next year and if I get drafted that would be amazing and I think that um, I would move and do that and also go to university on the mainland as well, so um, that's sort of where I'm heading at the moment, sort of thinking, but yeah like I said, no plans yet, right? nothing set in stone, so we'll see where, where I head and just hope
0: for the best. And I think after hearing that, I can hear the phones of 10 VFL women's clubs quickly <laughs> dialing your number to go, oh, hey, yeah. there's a ruck there's a woman up for grabs.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I don't really have any preference what like, state I go to, but obviously that'll depend on if I do make the draft and what team I go to. So, um, yeah, so I'm sort of up for anything, really. <laughs>
0: As we said, the future awaits. Who knows what will happen? Of course, November is that time for the draft. But the more immediate future, you've got that game on Sunday for the Western Bulldogs against WA. Let's hope you're selected in that final 22 and pulling on the jumper. Elise, thank you very much for your time and for joining us here on girlsplayfooty.com thank you thank you so much for talking to me that was Elise Gamble well that was it just two interviews for today's podcast we hope to have more for you uh, in the coming podcast Uh, we are looking to hopefully chat with someone about women's footy in Croatia plus we're hoping to catch up soon with one of the players or the coaches from AFL Canada to talk about their recent nationals and how preparation is going for the international cup next year and maybe some Canadians looking to be drafted as well for the women's national league keep an eye out for that in our futuregirlsplayfooty.com podcast. Before I go, don't forget the exhibition matches happening this weekend, 12.35pm local time in Adelaide. It's South Australia versus New South Wales ACT at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, that game will be shown live on Fox Sports 3, Channel 503. And of course, there's the game between the Western Bulldogs and the WA State women's team. That'll be getting underway at 12.40pm Melbourne time at Eddie Hadd Stadium. That game is uh, being streamed live via the AFL community website. And, of course, at girlsplayfooty.com, we've got our radio match on Sunday for the VFL women's competition between Geelong Magpies and the Seaford Tigerettes. Coverage starts from 2 p.m., bounce down at 2.30 at Piranha Park in Coburg, a neutral venue. And, of course, you can listen via girlsplayfooty.com on your PC, mobile or tablet. I'm Peter Holden. It's been a privilege having your company. Until next time, it's bye for now.